Look at that. Isn't that awesome? You say, what is that? Well, this month, the month of August, is Jesus is the answer month. It's Jesus is the answer month. And we have Jesus is the answer shirts. We have Jesus is the answer hats. We have Jesus is the answer bracelets. We have car magnets. We have Bibles. It's the only Bible I use anymore. Jesus is the answer. And when the team went up to Detroit, I tell you, the spirit of Detroit is still in this place. When the team went up to Detroit, they put a big Jesus is the answer up on a billboard sign. And Adam came back and says, you know what? We need to start doing that here. Because this is not the yard sign. These are the bigger signs. And this is the first one we put up. It is on Route 54 as you head toward Wawa and Hyundai of Newport Ritchie. It's right on 54. Thousands of people every day see that big sign. Isn't that awesome? Along with Jesus is the answer. We have a lot of sales. We have a lot of Anita sales that started tonight, and they're going to go all the way through August. Awake America 365 has also come out with a new teaching tool. You say, what is Awake America 365? It's a ministry out of this church that goes to churches across the United States of America, some foreign nations, but mostly here in the United States. We have a team that is going out, Angie and Sue Sherry. They're going to Grand Rapids, Michigan this coming Sunday. And as soon as that is over, Angie will be flying to India. Remember the money we took up for the finances for the well in India? She's going to be there, and she's going to dedicate the well on behalf of all of us. Isn't that awesome? So make sure that you purchase one of these. I want everybody to do it. It's $5, 52 pages about the name of Jesus in the back or the names of God that are found in the Bible. And again, every penny doesn't go toward an individual or this church. It goes toward Awake America 365. We also have a couple other books. I haven't shared them in a while, so I'll do it. If you're offended here at CCWC, here's our line to you. Get the book. I just wrote a book called Offended. And then there's one on the Holy Spirit. Everything you want to know about the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's right there. And again, every penny goes to Awake America 365. How many of you are glad tonight that Jesus is the answer? Can you say amen? How many of you brought your Bibles tonight? Lift them up high in the air. Come on, lift them up. Lift up those Bibles. Lift them up. And look at that. They finally put down the coffee cups and they got their Bibles up there. I love it. I love it. Okay, turn where we're going. Would you do that? Turn where we're going. You know where we're going. Somebody said, Joel, that's exactly correct. You see, you're taking a long time. No, I'm just following the Lord. Just following the Lord for what he wants. We're going to the book of Joel, and we're going to look at chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 12 tonight. Chapter 2 and verse 12. And I love the first word in the New King James of verse 12. What's the first word in the verse 12 now? That's exactly right now. So if you notice here, Joel is talking about repentance coming to Israel because Israel was far away from the Lord. This is where we left off last time. Far away from the Lord. How many of you know when you get far away from the Lord, you got to turn back to the Lord? And that's what the Lord wants for the United States of America, what he wants for all of us as born-again believers believers, what he wants for the church of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Look what Joel says in verse 12. Now therefore says the Lord. Don't you love the Bible because it's not really Joel speaking. How many of you know it's the voice of the Lord that is speaking? It's important tonight that as I share, it is the Lord speaking. I'm not saying I'm the Lord, but it's the Lord speaking because we're just reading God's word. Now therefore says the Lord. Everybody say says the Lord. Now therefore says the Lord. And again, as I'm sharing the word, Jay is going to be handing out to you prayer, corporate prayer sign-up sheets. We're going to do it every service in the month of August. We have a corporate prayer meeting Tuesday at noon, Wednesday morning at 6 o'clock till 7, Thursday night before the service, and Sunday morning before first service. And we want everybody, everybody say everybody, we want everybody to be a part of one of those corporate prayer meetings. Do not sign and then do not show up. And every leader that is here, you need to be a part of a corporate prayer meeting. So make sure you pass those up and down the rows. You sign up. How many of you know the more prayer, the more salvations. The more prayer, the more miracles. The more prayer, the more presence. The more prayer, the more God will move. Can you say amen? So sign that up if you would. 
And uh, Jay, make sure that you or Roy get those picked up afterwards and bring them up to the guest reception. Thank you. Doesn't security do a great job? All of our security, led by Pastor Dave. You aren't applauding good enough. Doesn't our security team? Nancy's going like that, Roy. I don't know. And Roy does a great, I love Roy. Roy and Nancy are great. They're, they're great. They need to take me out to lunch sometime. Here we go. Joel chapter 2. Look what it says. Joel chapter 2. Turn to me. Turn to me. Repent. A 180 degree turn. You know, so many people get freaked out when you say the word repent, but it's a great word. It is an awesome word. It brings victory. Do you realize there can be no salvation without repentance? Do you realize there can be no revival without repentance? How many of you understand noise? People making noise is not revival. Revival is what? Praising the Lord and glorifying the Lord, but turning to the Lord. It means we've been going this way and we got to turn around and we got to go the other way. You say, well, Pastor Strayer, I'm saved. Well, to be saved, you got to repent and turn to the Lord. But even as a born-again believer, on a weekly basis, I am turning to the Lord and turning away from my flesh, turning to the Lord and turning away from what I want to do, turning to the Lord and turning away from all the rotten things that are deep down in my heart. How many of you know the United States needs to turn to the Lord like yesterday? How many of you know that Calvary Chapel Worship Center needs to turn to the Lord like yesterday? Come on, how many of you know that the Church of Jesus Christ needs to turn to the Lord like yesterday? How many of you know everybody in this sanctuary needs to turn to the Lord? Turn to somebody next to you and say, you need to turn to the Lord. You need to turn to the Lord. You say, Pastor, what does the Bible say here? Turn to the Lord. Look at this. Turn to the Lord with what? All of your heart. With fasting, weeping. Oh, I love prayer meeting tonight. I wish all of you could be there. You say, we don't have anything to eat. We had a great cafe, good prices. You can get something to eat. You say, I'm tired. I can't make it. I have a cot right next to my chair up here. We'll let you sleep. During that, during, during between prayer meeting and church service. No excuses. Turn to somebody and say, no excuses anymore. Rend your heart. Rend your heart. Don't just tear your clothes. What's that going to do? Tear your heart. Return to the Lord your God. You say, Pastor Strayer, what will happen if I turn to the Lord? You'll find out in verse 13 that he's gracious. You'll find out that he's merciful. You'll find out that he's slow to anger. You'll find out that he has great kindness. You'll find out that if he relents from doing harm, who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him. Why would you think that repentance is bad when it's one of the greatest Bible principles that all of us can practice? Because as you turn to the Lord, you won't find a God that is trying to get you. You won't find a God who is trying to harm you. You won't find a God who is against you. You'll find a God who is compassionate and who is kind and who is gracious and he is ready to forgive and he is ready to love and he's ready to do a work in your heart and in your life and guess what he'll do he'll leave a blessing behind Woo! anybody want a blessing how many of you want a blessing from the Lord repent repent pastor I don't have anything to repent of yes you do your pride my goodness every morning I repent not just with words Lord I repent Lord, I, I turn to you. You say, what is repentance? Here's my definition. It's self-examination. Oh, that's hard for born-again believers. How many of you know born-again believers, myself included, we like to look at everybody else? <laughs> Can you believe that guy does that right over there? You say, who am I pointing to? Nobody in specific. <laughs> Can you believe that people in the church do this and say that, and I'm going to go to another church. 
How many of you know when you get down to that church, can you believe that person does that? I can't believe the church. We're looking to all the people that are around us, and guess what the Bible says? You turn to the Lord. Examine yourself. Why are you looking at me? Because there's things in you that are inconsistent I just don't like. Look at yourself. I mean, you're saying a duh thing. How many of you know we all have weaknesses? We all have faults. We all have blemishes. The first person that came into this church tonight made this church imperfect. Because how many of you know all of us are imperfect? So guess what repentance is? It's self-examination. So when I say I repent every day, guess what I'm doing? I'm looking within myself. Lord, do a work in my heart. Are you ready for this? Lord, I allow you to do anything in my life that you want me to that you want to do in me to make me more like you. Guess what I prayed in the shower this morning? Lord, I'm going to examine myself. I can't look at the staff. I can't look at my wife. I can't look at the people in the church. I can't look at my kids. I can't look at my grandkids. I can't look at anything that's going around politically. I have to examine me. I must be right with you. So, Lord, I know you're going to do it anyway, but I allow you to do anything in my life that you have to do to make me to become more like you. Oh, there's always clapping when I talk about healing. Come on, give the Lord praise. Repent. Turn to somebody and say, examine yourself. Look inward. The only time we're to look at other people is when we look at the harvest. Every day I'm looking at the harvest. Are you looking at the harvest? I don't have time to look at all of you and see your weaknesses and your faults. Boy, that takes a lot of energy and time. I got to look at me. I look in the mirror. And you know what it says in the book of James? When you look in the mirror, it says in the book of James, the guy looked in the mirror for five seconds and then took off. The Bible says, no, stay in the mirror. And look in the mirror. What's the mirror? It is the Word of God. And look at the mirror and compare yourself to the mirror and compare yourself to the Word of God. Not to condemn you. Repentance is never, re- repentance is never condemnation. But how many of you know a little bit of good conviction coming into our lives to show us things that we need to change? How many of you know it hurts for a little bit, but it's good for the long run? Can you say amen? We are never to look outward at other people except at the harvest. We can look at people who don't know Jesus because we love them and we want them to be saved. That's why we are still on planet Earth because when we get to heaven, there's one thing that we're not going to be able to do and that's win somebody to Jesus because everybody in heaven is already saved and already born again. So guess what we have to do now? We have to win people to Jesus now while they are alive here on planet Earth. My wife and I took a little vacation. We went out to Utah. We went to a mall. Guess what we did in the mall? Witness and told everybody about Jesus, yes. And we won a Croatian man to the Lord. It was wonderful. 21 years old. I can't even pronounce his name, not saying that disrespectfully. I can't pronounce his name. It was a long name. But we witnessed to him. And you know what? While we were there, he was busy selling things. And as soon as we walked up, nobody else came. How many of you know that was an appointment? That was an appointment. Nobody else came while we were talking to him. As soon as we finished, people started to come up to his booth. And I started to witness to him about the Lord. I see that you're selling something so special. He says, I am. I said, well, I'm not selling anything. The product that I have is totally free. 
And it's Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. I, I popped the question to him. If you died today and stood before God, and he said, why should I let you in heaven? What would you say? He said, I would tell him I'm a Christian. And he says, I was raised in the church. My mom and dad are Christians. I was Christian. I was water baptized, yada, yada, yada. And we talked for a while, and Susie and I stood there and say no, and we gave him the gospel, and we said, the, you have to be born again. How many of you know you don't have to wait till you go home to look at the Bible? He got on his phone. He read John chapter 3. I said, you read that out loud. I must be born again. I said, do you want to be born again? He says, I need to be born again. And we led him to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, I'm always looking for people that need salvation. Are all of you looking for people that need salvation? How many of you know somebody that needs salvation? You see, I'm looking for people that need salvation, but I'm not looking at any of you. I'm not looking at your faults. You say, why? Because I know you have them, and I have them. We all have faults. I'm not looking at you. I am examining who? I'm examining Bill Strayer because there's so much here that the Lord has to do a work on. So I'm not, I'm praying for you, love you, going to help you, going to be there, but I'm not examining you. I am examining myself. That is called repentance. We need to understand something about winning people to Christ. Missions work is every place you go, here and overseas. The church has, has a, have a word problem that they think missions is just overseas. Missions is overseas, but guess where missions also is? Your next door neighbor. You say, I'll give to missions, then guess what? You need to buy a book for, for Awake America 365 because that is missions also. How many of you know your next-door neighbor needs the Lord? How many of you know your family needs the Lord? Wherever we go, people need the Lord. One man said this, to be a missionary, you don't have to cross the sea. You just have to see the cross. Another man said this, it should be considered illegal for a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ not to be burning with passion for our Lord and burning with passion for the lost. It is illegal at CCWC not to have a passion for Jesus and not to have a passion for those that are lost and that need Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. Can you say amen? Now, keep your hand in the book of Joel. Turn with me to John chapter 4, please. John chapter 4. You say, how does this have to do with repentance? Because guess what? We're examining ourselves. John 4, 34 and 35. And we need to understand that we are not to look at others. We are to examine ourselves. Pastor, once in a while, there's people smoking outside of the church. Examine yourself. Pastor, I was out in the community. I saw somebody who was doing this and said this, examine yourself. I get this every week. Pastor, you wouldn't believe what some people are putting on Facebook. Examine yourself. How many of you know as you examine yourself, the Lord's going to show you enough that is wrong in you that's going to take hours and hours and days and weeks and months for you to get right with the Lord yourself? Here in John chapter 4, starting in verse 34, Jesus said to them, my food or my meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do not say there are still four months, and then comes the harvest. I say to you, Calvary Chapel Worship Center, if some of you are looking for that, that's not in the Bible. Calvary Chapel Worship Center, lift up your eyes and do what? Look at people around you. Look at the church people that are sitting next to you. Look at what they say. Look at what they do. Look at what they put on Facebook. Look what it says here. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes, Calvary Chapel Worship Center. Look at the fields in Newport Ritchie, in Port Ritchie, in Spring Hill, in Elfers, in Hudson, in Holiday, in Tarpon Springs, in Palm Harbor, in the Tampa Bay area. They are already white for the harvest, and he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may reap. Rejoice together. Look at the harvest field. 
I love verse 34 in the New Living Translation where it says, my food, it says my nourishment comes. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God. Do you realize that when you are focused on the harvest field, you are nourished and you are fed, and you are filled up. Pastor Schreyer, it's just another task to come to Second Saturday. It's just another task to do a home visit. It's just another task to lead somebody to the Lord. I'm worn out. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says it's nourishment to your soul. It feeds you. It excites you. It touches you. It fills you up. And let me tell you what this verse is saying. This is verse is saying that when you're winning souls and involved in the harvest field and going out on Awake America 365 and going out on foreign missions trips, you don't have time to look at anybody else. You don't have time to look at anybody else in the church and their weaknesses and the flaws. You don't have time at all because why? Because you are looking at the lost and you're looking at the druggies and you're looking at the alkies and you're looking at the abusers and you're looking at the sinners and guess what? You're telling them that you have the answer and guess what it is? Jesus is the answer. (laughs) If you have time to go around examining everybody else and not yourself, then come up and see me because you got too much time on your hands. We got some hospitals you can visit. Hello, anybody here? Come on, we got some homes you can visit of people that are getting saved. Come on, we can give you an apartment complex that you can oversee and get people saved. Come on, we can give you some home visits that you'll be so involved that you won't have time to look at my faults or the faults of anybody else around you. You'll be doing what? You'll be looking at the harvest and you'll be examining yourself. Examining yourself. Self-examination. Turn with me to Isaiah 58, verses 8 and 9. Isaiah chapter 58, verses 8 and 9. Don't you love the book of Isaiah? It's a thick book because it's called one of the major prophets. How many of you know what the major prophets are? Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. That's why you go to the school of ministry. You'll learn all that good stuff. Yeah. See, Pastor Stephen, right after the service, he's the only one excited about it, but that's okay. How many of you know if you're leading something, you better be excited about it, that's for sure. Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 8. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord, he will answer you. And you shall cry and he will say, here I am. So look what it says here. You're going to call on the Lord. When you cry out to the Lord, he's going to say, here I am. He's going to bring healing to you. Your light is going to shine forth in the, in the, in the uh, morning. But look what it says here. If you take away the yoke from the midst of you. Look at this. If you take away the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. Do you know how many believers are constantly pointing at the finger at other people? My mom always said it, it's not biblical. Go ahead, Bill, point one finger there. But you got a bunch of them pointing back at you. How many of you want healing? How many of you want to see breakthroughs come in your life? How many of you want to see as you cry out to the Lord, the Lord answers all your prayers? What does Isaiah say? Put away the pointing of the finger at everybody else and make sure you point at yourself and get into your shower and get alone with the Lord and repent and turn to the Lord and examine yourself and always examine yourself and nobody else in the body of Christ. Come on, everybody give the Lord praise. Would you do that? And then as you examine yourself, you're looking at the harvest. You're looking within yourself. And one more person you can look at is not any of you. You can look to the Lord. 
Because when I examine myself and the Holy Spirit shows me things that are ugly and bad, it would be easy to be condemned. But the enemy condemns us. But guess what? When you then look to the Lord, you can say, Lord, you are there to cleanse me and heal me and deliver me and bring a breakthrough in my life. So you've showed me those things not to condemn me. You have showed me those things not to devalue me. You have shown me those things not that I would be ashamed. You've showed me those things that I can become more like you. Now I look to you, Lord, to cleanse me and heal me and help me and love me and comfort me and bless me through all these things that are going on in my life. Come on, everybody shout out. We got to turn to the Lord. That's not everybody. Come on, we got to turn to the Lord. We got to turn to the Lord. Go back with me, if you would, to the book of Joel, please. The book of Joel. Turn to somebody next to you, look him in the eyes and say, examine yourself. Turn to that same person and say, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Pastor, you could do a better job. I already know it. Pastor, some decisions you made have been bad. Yes, sir. Tell me something I don't know. Examine yourself. Turn to the person behind you. I know people behind you are bugging you. Turn to them and look at me and say, leave me alone, please. Just leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Turn to that same person and say, look at yourself. Look at yourself. Look at yourself. Oh, I got a good one now. Turn to somebody and say, leave the pastor alone. Leave the pastor. Oh, I love that one. Isn't that good, Jay? You like that? Leave the pastor alone. All right, verses 19 of chapter 2. I don't know if we'll ever get through chapter 2 of Joel. Maybe the Lord will come back first. From verse 19 all the way through the end of the book, really before that, and you can do a study yourself. I don't know if we'll get to every one of them. Joel lists all the blessings that come as we turn to the Lord. How many of you want to turn to the Lord? Can I see your hand? Then guess what you're going to receive? All the blessings. What a great Bible study. Just go from about verse 18, 19, and you see all the blessings that will come to you as you turn to the Lord. Pastor Stray, I'm not going to turn to the Lord. Then you don't get the blessings. Don't get mad at Christians that are getting the blessings because those that are getting the blessings, guess what? They're turning to the Lord. And as you turn to the Lord, guess what? I'm going to be blessed automatically. Does anybody want to be blessed? Then turn to the Lord. Wouldn't it be wonderful if our nation would turn to the Lord? God would start to bless our nation. Anybody want some blessings? Then we got to turn to the Lord. Here's one of the first blessings. I'm just going to give you a couple tonight. Verses 19 and 26 of chapter 2. The first blessing is this, satisfaction. Satisfaction. The Lord will answer in verse 19 and say to his people, Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil. I'm reading New King James tonight. And you will be what? Did you underline that first blessing? You will be satisfied by them, and you will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. What does that mean, you will no longer be a reproach? Well, the enemy nations were looking at Israel and said, look, locusts have invaded you. You have no jobs, and you are poor. Where is your God? And you have no city, and you have no temple at all. But guess what the Lord said? If you will turn to me, you will not be a reproach anymore, because guess what I will do? They won't be able to say you're poor, and you don't have a job and you don't have a God, they will look at you and say, I can't believe it, what happened? We turn to the Lord because when you turn to the Lord, he's going to get you a job. He's going to get you a house. He's going to get you a car. He's going to provide every one of your needs. I didn't know the Lord was way back there in the back. So the first blessing is satisfaction. When anybody is away from the Lord, nothing is going to satisfy 
You can try everything and anything that you want to try. It will never satisfy. So guess what Joel said? Turn to Jesus. Only in Jesus will you find 100% satisfaction. Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones just turned 79. You know, he still has it, doesn't he, for 79 years old. He doesn't have Jesus, but, boy, he can still do it. His knees can still go together and play that guitar. But you know what? He sang a song in his first tour. They're doing a tour again in Tokyo. His first song was, I Ain't Got No Satisfaction. He's never going to, 79, he still doesn't have any. He's a multimillionaire with Jaguars and Cadillacs and money and big homes. You know what the Lord thinks about that? It's fine if you have it, but it doesn't make a big deal to the Lord. And guess what? Nothing is going to satisfy you. You can have the biggest home in the world. You can make six figures. You can be a CEO of a company. You can be a head honcho. doesn't make any difference. None of that will satisfy you. The only thing that will satisfy you and fill you up is Jesus and his calling and following him. Turn to the Lord. Turn to the Lord. Come on, shout it out. Turn to the Lord. I know every born-again believer wants to win the lottery, whether you believe in playing or not. I hear a lot of Christians, if I could only win the lottery, we would never see you again. And the first thing they say, I give three-quarters of it to the Lord and to the church. Sure. Why do you think none of us have won it? The Lord knows. The Lord knows. Money does not satisfy. I remember when Susie and I made the first year together, we got married $5,600. We were the happiest people on the planet. We were. You say that's impossible. No, it's not because money doesn't satisfy. Guess what happened the second year we were married? We made $5,800. I finally got Susie working. She made $200 more that year. Isn't that wonderful? She's here tonight. I better not say things like that. But guess what? We were totally satisfied. We called our first apartment the Bat House. Bats flying all through the house, the apartment. I'll never forget that. Bats flying through the house. You say, what'd you do? I hid in the bedroom, and I got Susie a broom. I said, go get them. Go get those bats. True story. I don't like bats. She's up there. Isn't that right, Susie? She, she took that broom. How many of you know there's nothing, nothing worse than a mad wife getting those bats? That's for sure. Oh, getting those bats. The word satisfaction in verse 19. Verse 19, you will be satisfied by them. The word satisfaction, please write this down. The word satisfaction there means to be certain and convinced of something. It means to be totally certain and convinced of something. Israel finally was totally and certain, convinced of what? Of one thing that only Jesus satisfies. He is the only one who fulfills in every way. They tried money. They were not satisfied. Israel tried things. They were not satisfied. Israel tried other gods when they were in captivity. They were not satisfied. They tried other countries. They were not satisfied. They tried their own way. They were not satisfied. They pushed God to the side and said, we want our own king. And God gave them King Saul. But they still were not satisfied. Can God drill this into our spirits today? Your money will never satisfy. Your house will never satisfy. Your family will never satisfy. Your ministry will never satisfy. People will never satisfy. There's only one thing that will satisfy you, and that is the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Turn to the Lord. 
Come on, everybody praise him. Turn to the Lord. So look what it says in verse 26. When you turn to the Lord, you're gonna, you shall eat in plenty. And look at this. There's a second word. And you'll be satisfied. You'll have plenty. Everybody say, I'll have plenty. You'll have plenty of food. You'll have plenty of room in your house. You'll have plenty of cards to drive. You'll have plenty of friends around you. You'll have plenty of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You shall eat in plenty. You shall have plenty, and you will be satisfied. And then guess what you will do the rest of your life? Look at verse 26. You will praise the name of the Lord your God forever and forever and forever and forever for his blessings of satisfaction. Pastor, I just got to find a wife or a husband. No, you got to find Jesus badly. I just got to find the right church. No, you just got to find Jesus badly. I just got to find this, and I got to find that. Stop your journey right now and find Jesus. Let him be number one in your life. Go after him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and you will be satisfied. Well, let me see. What time is it here? What time do we end? 9.30? Is that right? 10 o'clock? Okay, good. Good. 11 o'clock, it's getting better as we go. Turn with me to Joel chapter 2, please. I'll do one more. Then we'll see what the Lord has for us next week. How many of you know we always have next week? Joel 2, verses 28 and 29. Here is another promise that the Lord gives. And it will come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on just a few people, all flesh, your sons, your ladies, what are they going to do? You know what the word prophecy means? It means to speak an inspired word. It's not only talking about the gifts of the Spirit, but it's talking about preaching. Can I make an announcement to you? Not only can men preach, but women can preach too. Right here. How come the only ones clapping are ladies? I'm looking for some men. Stephen, you afraid to clap down there? Come on. The ladies can preach. There we go, Steve. All right. The ladies can preach too. A lot of times the ladies can preach better than the men. Come on, ladies. I'm helping you out. I'm helping you out. <laughs> There's that Detroit spirit popping up again. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall preach and prophesy. Your old men, everybody above 70, shall dream dreams. Your young men, everybody under 70, shall see visions. I'm glad I'm still in the vision category. And also on my men servants, on my guys, and on my ladies, I'm going to pour out my spirit in what days? In those days. Do you notice in verse 28, it will come to pass. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it will come come to pass. Do you realize it is happening right now on the earth? You see, our focus is right here in Newport Ritchie, but you got to get your eyes on what's happening across the globe. The Holy Spirit is being poured out right now. Do you realize that you are living in the time of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? And guess what? It's going to happen again tonight. How many of you would love the Lord to pour out his spirit upon your life tonight? Not in a weird way, in a good solid way. Can I see your hand lifted up? He wants to pour out his spirit. So it's going to happen. Nothing can stop it. Nothing can stop it. Democrats, Republicans, independents, politics, rich, 
no matter, they can't stop it. And you know what? Where it says here, I will pour out my spirit in the Hebrew and in the Greek, it refers to many outpourings. It means it's going to keep pouring out and it's going to keep pouring out. It's going to keep pouring out. I've been in services all the time where it's being poured out. In prayer meeting tonight, it was being poured out. It's going to be poured out in the service tonight. How many of you are glad when you're at home in your personal devotions, the Lord can pour out his Holy Spirit? How many of you are glad it's not a one-time event? How many of you are glad it's today, it's tomorrow, it's next day, it's Sunday, it's at the workplace, it's in your home, it's in your shower? Have you ever had the Spirit poured out when you're in the shower? Woo! (laughs) It's a full blast. Where he says, I will pour it out, it's a full blast, it's a gusher. It means to be fully wet. How many of you know in July and August, especially here in Florida, you go out and mow the grass, you have dry clothes on. What happens after you mow the grass for a half hour? You are sopping wet. I'll take off my shirt, I'll wring out my shirt, and all this perspiration comes out. But after I'm mowing, that perspiration makes me fully wet. You can either be a dry, born-again believer, or you can be a fully wet. Somebody came up to me a couple of weeks ago, Pastor, you're all wet. I said, thank you very much. Filled with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a double portion. Come on, anybody dry tonight? You want to become wet? Come on, anybody dry tonight? You can become fully wet. That's not everybody. Come on, are you dry tonight? You can be... You can be fully wet. Fully wet. And you know what? When he says, I will pour out my spirit, it says at the end of the verse, in those last days, in those days, that's the last days, we are in the last days when we will see the return of Jesus. And the outpouring will be poured out upon anybody who wants it. How many of you are glad the Lord is inclusive? You say he pushes people away. He never pushes people away. People push him away. He wants everybody to be saved. Why doesn't everybody be saved? Some people say no. He wants everybody to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why aren't some baptized? They say no. He wants everybody to be healed and touched. Why don't they receive it? Because they say no. He is inclusive. We are exclusive. How many of you are glad tonight? He wants everybody here saved. He wants everybody here baptized in the Holy Spirit. He wants everybody here to be in his will. He wants everybody here to follow his purpose. So he wants to pour out his spirit, and guess what? He will only pour out his spirit on whoever wants it. How many of you want the Holy Spirit to be poured out on you in a good, solid, wonderful way? Can I see your hand lifted up in the air? That means, look at all the hands. I think almost everybody's hands are up. You know what that means? That means you want everything that comes along with the outpouring. Hello, did I get you on that? That means you want everything that goes along with the outpouring. And guess what one of the things is that goes along with the outpouring? Speaking in tongues. How many of you have never, as far as you know, ever spoken in tongues before? Can I see your hand lifted high up in the air? I say this not in a brash way. I say this in love. Tonight you are going to speak in tongues. If you want to get wet... That already happened to Cookie. She got baptized in the Holy Spirit up in the prayer room. How's your back? She came in with back pain. She was healed of her back. She got baptized in the Holy Spirit. She says, what's going on? I said, Jesus. 
All this week, I was sitting there saying, Lord, what blessing do you want me to give? And he said, Bill, I want you to pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And he also said this. He said, look, what I want you to do, not only to this Thursday, but next Thursday, maybe one or two more, I want you to do a Holy Spirit seminar for the next couple weeks. I want you to teach on the Holy Spirit. I want you to invite everybody who can come and bring people to come from other churches, not that they'll worship here, neighbors, friends, whatever, not only get saved, but get, we're going to pray for everyone to get baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Isn't it awesome? 